Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. My name is Kai Graham and welcome to another episode in my podcast, The Parent and Teen Toolbox, which is designed to equip parents and teenagers with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Guys, I am so excited um, about today's episode and it is really current. So um, if you are a parent whose child is struggling with what's going on in the education system at the minute, you need to stay tuned. I'm speaking to Stephanie Haynes, who is an education coach and a consultant providing custom educational consulting and coaching for high school students, educators and schools that equips all stakeholders to build a pathway to a successful future teens are excited to pursue. Now, specialising in post-high school pathway development, goal setting and time management and classroom and school culture development, Stephanie's vision is to motivate her clients to take the time to create a compelling vision for their future, for their classroom or their school and develop actionable steps to build in to build it into a reality. Now, through structured conversations, Stephanie helps her clients identify limiting mindsets, create an awareness of their current circumstances and develop an action plan to move forward with confidence. Stephanie, my love, we need to speak to you today. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. I think let, let's just sort of kick off. This is where I'm recording this is the very end of August. Um, and for um, the, our, our kids in the UK, they are, if they haven't just gone back to school, they're going back sort of sometime this week. And also we've got students who have left school and are were hoping to embark on a slightly sort of predictable sort of future. But I think for many of them, the rug has been pulled from under them. Um, I'm hearing sort of many stories listening to our students who should be going to university or college. Um, and those colleges have been oversubscribed because so many students have got great grades. And so what was going to be um, a, a slightly sort of predict, well, I was going to say predictable, that's unfair because, you know, for, for a new start, college life is unpredictable. But they knew where they were heading. And many kids are now sort of sitting there going, I'm not going to go to my university of choice. I'm not going to, maybe I haven't even got into university. What the heck am I going to do now? Because everything's just been thrown up in the air. So we're looking for a bit of advice if you can help us, because for many kids, it feels like the end of the world. And I, I know mm-hmm. that feeling. So what do we as parents do to support our kids through this, Stephanie? Yeah, it's such a great question because not only is education struggling in general, but the repercussions of what's happening is now having that ripple effect all the way down, not into the recent class of of 2020, which was most affected, but the class of 2021 and even the class of 2022 is now going, wait a minute, what do I do? And so the first bit of advice I would give is to us as parents really is take a breather, take a minute to just kind of say, you know what? (laughs) 
This may be unexpected in the world of my kid. This may be unexpected in my world, but there's going to be a way through it. There's going to be a way that my child will be able to be successful. I just need to stop for a minute and look around and see what else there might be. And that in itself can be huge because I don't, you know, I have a 19 year old and a 23 year old. And when they get involved in stuff and it doesn't work out, I get upset for them. I want them to have what they wanted. Right. And I get all emotional and all upset and try to fix all these things. Well, that doesn't help. And I, I've learned over the years that if I can remain calm and yeah. instead of owning it for them and say, okay, so this is what we have. What would you like to do? And that tends to put teens on a frustrating path at first because they haven't really been able or taken the time to think for themselves. And this is not a disservice to anybody other than it's a teenage brain. They don't have it fully developed. They haven't really had that space. And so we stop and take that breath and go, okay, so this is what it is. We can take a minute to breathe and grieve about what we didn't have, but now it's what do we want to do to move forward? And that just may mean taking a moment, asking your teen, what do you want to do now? And if they don't have an answer, it's okay. You don't have to have the answer either and say, okay, so what could we do is another way to ask that question. And that may mean simply looking at, well, you were going to go to university or go to college to get this degree to get this kind of job, right? So what can we do between now and when you get to go to help you get prepared for that job? Because that's the ultimate goal. That's why our kids go off to a, a further education after high school, most of them, is because they're trying to get that more background knowledge to be able to do the job that they want to do. So how can we help them use this time to get that experience? And that is one way to shape that question. What could you do to help get that experience you need to get into that career that you want? That's one avenue. Does that does that make sense? That makes total sense. And I think the thing is, is that um, kids, especially at this time, they feel as though time is against them. And it's mm-hmm. like, um, I've only got a week to decide. I've got to make this decision mm-hmm. now. And actually, these decisions that they make are act, are going to be affecting the rest of their lives. So maybe a split decision in you know by the end of the day isn't something that's going to serve them properly. Correct. And it's it that's it's that pressure that I think that is a huge um, again disservice to our teenagers because we live in that culture that says you have to make the decision now. And if you don't make it now, you've somehow failed. If you don't make it now, you might not. We have this whole culture of fear. And so if we give our teens a chance to say, hey, wait, this could be a really great thing. Let's take a moment to really assess that career that you thought you really wanted. Let's make sure, is that still the one you want? And then what other ways can we do to get there? You know, it may be that your particular career path requires a college or university degree. It may be that it doesn't. So let's take a look at that and decide, so we can't go to college this year, what else can we do? And that can really go a long way to give our teens that calm back and that sense of analysis. You know, emotion can get into this. And when emotion gets into anything, it kind of clouds our vision. Not that we shouldn't be passionate or emotional, but when we're trying to make decisions, we need to try and add that rational part in this. And I swear that if my husband heard me talking about this right now, he'd be like, seriously, you should listen to your own advice because it's hard for us. We get emotional. We, we, we just want things to be good and wonderful and positive. We forget, though, that a disruption in our own plans can still be good and wonderful and positive if we sit back and kind of look at it with a different perspective. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, us parents have been around the block a bit. 
So, yeah. I mean, you know, basically we realize that the sky isn't going to fall in if things don't quite go according to plan. So we have to model this for our kids who mm-hmm. maybe this is their first big disappointment and and they need to understand that or, or develop the to develop the um, emotional intelligence, but also the resilience, don't they? Yes, that's a great perspective right there is they may only have have had to have adversity just a little bit. And this is their first bout. Well, adversity breeds growth. It doesn't breed failure. And if we can help our students, our teens approach that, then that resilience becomes a benefit for them. It doesn't become a a negative. You know, my son was a graduate of the class of 2020 and he was an athlete or still is an athlete. And he lost his senior season, which if you have parents out there that have their kids in athletics, it's, it's heartbreaking. And then, you know, he's going to college and thankfully the coach still wanted him to come and, but his season in college got canceled. So he lost a whole 18 months worth of play and no camaraderie. And I kept thinking, oh my gosh, this is so sad for him. But we kept thinking, how can we help him continue to move forward? How can we help him make the most of this circumstance? And he owned that and decided that this year was going to be him training, understanding more about his sport, getting certified to coach, getting certified to referee, all kinds of things that he poured into so that when he could go back into it, it was he was going to be ready and that much more prepared. And that's kind of the dynamic I'm trying to explain here is that just because things didn't go the way you want doesn't mean there's something wrong and that you have to keep banging your head against that door until it opens back up. There are plenty of other doors around to, to explore and to figure out what it might really look like. The benefit of my son taking that time was he actually relaxed a little. He'd been so hyper-focused on having to be performance-based that he was able to breathe a minute and really kind of come down from all the stress that it took just to be getting ready to go to college. And so he's now entering in college this year in a much better place than he would have had it really been all about this last year. And I think that's the thing also is we have to remember a year for, for, for a young person is a heck of a long time. But also it gives that not only the opportunity to grow as far their skill set but it's to grow sort of emotionally isn't it and Mm -hmm. to sort of Mm -hmm. understand who they are as a young person and where they fit into this world and what they need to move forward um but it's quite hard if if you you know you have been very focused and and you know you you have been following this this route and then suddenly it's basically all bets are off, you know, oh, okay, well, we did have this, this and this plan, but it's over to you what you want to do. So how, how can we sort of guide or how can we sort of help our child maintain that focus? Or maybe they don't need mm-hmm. to, I don't know, what do you reckon? Well, I think it comes down to the individual team, right? You really need to assess your team themselves. What is it that they most need to become the adult that you hope they become? right? It's always having that long, long game view as a parent. Yes, we have immediate fires to put out, but how we put them out determines the kind of adult they're going to become, right? So this is a particular fire. How do you want to help them put it out so that they become that adult that they need to be to be a productive member of society, benefit to your family, whatever that might need to be. And it's not about controlling. It's about giving them the opportunity to own this, right? As parents, we tend to own the decisions our students make. If they make it and they get into college or university, man, we feel like we did a great job as a parent. (laughs) When our kids don't get in, we feel like somehow we failed them. And I bet there are parents listening whose kids did not get into college for whatever reason this year, whether 
too overcrowded, like I think we talked about for the schools that you're at, where you're at, or the standards were just higher than, than they were expecting before, or grades didn't come out the way they thought. And so we feel like, oh my gosh, if we had only done something differently to help our kids, so we somehow was a failure. And then we tend to own the next steps for them. This is not a healthy dynamic for our students who are now becoming young adults. How do we help them own this and then let them choose what that needs to look like? And that's another conversation is mostly kind of with ourselves. What am I owning for my child that I don't need to own? What am I holding on and doing for them that they should be doing for themselves? And how can I help them do that? Right. So just just so listening to what you said, it sort of, you know, sort of made made me remember a my own childhood and and be my kids, you know, sort of or, or should I say this milestone? What do we do and how do we encourage kids who have had, I mean, I was sort of predominantly sort of speaking about the, the, the upset of not getting into college, but what do we, how do we help them get over that fear of failure mm. and that fear of not being good enough? Um, yeah. and, and it could be maybe just because of the oversubscribed, but, but also maybe just, as you say, the grades aren't what they had hoped they didn't get what they were, what they needed. So how do we teach kids that actually there is more, there is more out there for them and that they're not on the scrap heap at such a young age? Because disappointment's a big thing, isn't it? Especially with grades. It is. It, disappointment's a huge thing with grades because grades have been used to determine worth for their whole yeah. life. Yeah. They, they don't get to go ahead if they don't have the right grades, right? They don't get to get into the next step level if they don't have the right grades. Grades have been this marker of success for their whole life. The problem with that is that that's not a marker of success beyond age 18. It just, yeah. it just isn't. And the only reason we have that, the only reason we have that is to determine entrance into one area of possibility to get into a career. That's the only reason we have a GPA. Other than that, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. And so helping students to have that perspective can be really eye-opening for them to realize that just because they got a letter associated with their performance does not mean that their performance is that letter. And yeah. that's a hard thing for kids to understand because we as parents have been using that yeah. as well. You didn't get an A, you didn't get a B or whatever that might be. I get it. It's our culture, but we have a chance now to change that, to say, you know what? You're right. We kind of got this wrong. Your status of success is not determined based on your GPA. Your status of success is based on the grit and determination that you have and hard work, period. There's nothing else. Just because you got into a university does not mean you're going to be successful. And just because you didn't does not mean you won't be successful. And so if both are equally true, what do you want to do to be successful in this world? And most often students won't even have an answer because they've never really stopped to think, what does it mean to be successful for me? We look around and think success is this status or this amount of money or this particular car or whatever. But is that really what success means to you as a human being? And as a parent, we can help our, teen, our teens assess that. What does success really mean to me? What are my values that I really want to make sure stay a part of whatever career or life path I have? And when I have those in place, what does that leave me to be able to step into and do? Does that make sense, right? Yeah. So I have, a, I have a client, I had a client who she knew off the bat that college was not her thing. She was not going to college, but she felt like somehow she was a failure yes. that she wasn't somehow 
pursuing a college degree like all of her friends. And so her mom and I chatted just a bit. And then I worked with her daughter and said, hey, you want to work with me through this? And she said, yes. So what we determined is she had this dream on her heart that she had believed was not worthy because one, she didn't know how to do it. Two, it didn't fit the pattern of everybody else. And three, it felt so overwhelming. She didn't even know where to start. But when I got her to that place where she could admit that dream out loud in a place where we weren't judging it, I wasn't judging. It's not my life. And then I said, okay, so how do you want to start doing this? She's like, I don't know. I said, where do you think you need to start? And she went, well, I guess I need to start to get this certification. I'm like, okay, how do you want to do that? From there, we led to a a series of steps to build out that this young girl who had no idea what to do with her life and was getting depressed and frustrated and sad as a result. By the time our time was done together, she had a plan and she's off doing it. And she is the happiest person in the world. And she knows exactly what to do. Not because of what I told her, but because she identified what she wanted and was willing to put the work in to get there. And I just helped her figure those steps out. And I think that's the thing is, is that maybe just for the first time, if not ever, but for a very long time, we are giving our kids that permission to explore, aren't we? Yes. Yes, we are. In fact, that's one of the best silver linings we have about this pandemic is that kids were given a space to get away from the enormous pressure of school every day. I mean, I here in the you know, United States, school shut down. I assume it was the same where you are. Um, but they were given this, this freedom to not have to be compared every day, to not feel that sense of pressure every day. And what we're seeing, at least what I'm seeing over here and paying attention to is that they're taking much more time to make a decision and they're changing their minds about what they wanted to do. Yeah, That's huge. And I think we can continue that discussion with our kids moving forward. This does not have to be a failure. This gets to be an opportunity for you to define success in your own terms. And I, I think this is, this is something that's so important because um, looking at sort of adults, I mean, sweeping statement, but our generation were very much sort of along the, you know, we were we were sort of led up, led to believe that you need to find your purpose and then stick to it because that's what you're going to do for for life. Um, right. And and our I mean, my kids are 26 and 28, and both of them have done. I would say since literally since they left sort of um, since they left high school, since they left secondary school, they have probably each done about three monumental u-turns already and do you know what it, i mean it, i must admit I'm, I'm now getting used to it i i myself am fairly similar to that but it 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 it, it, it takes a lot it takes bravery it takes courage it takes confidence mm-hmm. um to be able to just sort of turn everything around and still feel as though you're going in the right in the right direction but still yes. following a different path. It's quite a brave thing to do, isn't it? It is. And that's how parents need to start looking at this is if their children are choosing to do a different path than what they thought, even if it wasn't their idea to begin with, we should champion that because it takes bravery to stand against what the culture is telling us we yeah. should have done, right? It's hugely courageous. My daughter who went through university and we knew that this is probably not the right thing for her, but she was like, no, I'm going to college. I'm going to prove I can do this. I'm going to graduate in my four years. And there was a lot of drama associated with that. She graduated and went, this really stinks. I don't want to be in this. I don't want to do this. And the minute she opened her mouth and admitted that out loud to herself, she got brave enough to explore and go, well, what do I want to do? And she's now happily enrolled in cosmetology school and is just loving it because she's finally decided this is what she really wants. 
But had she not taken that chance to, to take that U-turn and the pandemic for her caused it. She was yeah. in healthcare. You can't join in healthcare when you graduate college in the middle of the pandemic. No one's taking you in, right? Yeah. And so she had to rethink that. Had she not had that, I think it would have been devastating for her. And it is a brave choice to say, I don't want to do what everybody else thinks I should do, not to buck the system, but to stay, take a moment and pause and say, wait, what else could I do? Yeah. And this is where I think parents can really help their child is let's let go of the expectations that we had on our kids to be a certain kind of successful and instead partner with them to help them define success on their own terms in the safe environment that we're going to love them no matter what they choose. Yeah. We're not going to criticize or judge them and let them explore. They'll settle on something and then they'll realize if, if it works or doesn't work and then they'll settle on something else. That's okay. If you, we look at our own careers, they didn't follow a linear line. <laughs> Mine didn't. I don't know about yours. Nobody I know did had followed a linear line. It's not the same. And so why don't we let our kids explore that and give them that permission? I, and I think the great thing is, is, is what kids sort of tend to feel is that, you know, they get through high school, they get through school and then they sort of, and, and if they choose to, they, they hit college and they graduate and mistakenly sort of think, well, that's the end of my education. And it's, I mean, so isn't it? I mean, I, I am permanently still with my nose in a book. I'm permanently still uh -oh. taking courses. And, and I mean, we need to understand that our education really should be an ongoing thing, shouldn't it? It is. And you just hit a really great perspective. Education doesn't have to come in a classroom. Yeah. Right? It doesn't have to come through a college seminar. It doesn't have to come that way. Not that you shouldn't if that's what you really want, but it's okay to say, wait, I can learn this in a different way. I can learn this through a training program. I can learn this through an apprenticeship or a journeyman opportunity. Yeah. I can learn this by reading and studying and stepping in and figuring it out as I go. All of those are different temperaments and all of those are different ways that success can be achieved. There isn't a guarantee that just because you go through college, like you say, that you're going to be successful. And when you finish, you're definitely not done. That's really when the real education starts. So I think it's a, a good benefit to give our teenagers a chance, even this time to say, how can you learn right now what, about what you want to do? And I think sometimes it's, it's you know, ha having the, the courage or, or, or whatever to jump. I mean, they can sort of go straight into the and, and find a job and get and sort of you know go into the the sort of the workplace and still maybe you know over here we have schemes which are sort of you know earn and learn where you are sort of doing an apprenticeship or something like that so maybe college um and university dreams have been dashed but it's not the only route is it it's not the only yeah. sort of solution mm -mm. it is not the only solution in fact it's only been it's only been phrased as the only solution in the last generation or so. When I first started teaching, I mean, I don't know, I went to, I graduated high school in 1987. So gives you in my age context. But when I graduated high school, my entire class wasn't so focused on college. We, half of them didn't even go. They just yeah. kind of found their way. When I started teaching about five years later, our high school was still meh, kind of college, but not really. It was during those 10 years at that one particular yes. school that the dialogue started becoming, and it came from the university. Our kids, your kids are coming, but they're not quite prepared. You need to change what you do. So they're coming more prepared for what we want them to do. Well, then that changed the whole dynamic that if you don't get prepared enough, you're not going to get to go to college. At the same time, colleges started finding this way to say, well, a college degree gives you that white collar job. Blue collar is not so good. Well, 
Now we're in a whole life where it says, wait, by the way, how often do we need and what those, I hate the terms white and blue because they sound like the one's better than the other, but how often do we need trades now? Where yeah. are the trades people? And we have diminished that industry so much in favor of some college degree that now we've flipped it all over and we are so in desperate need of trades that it's, it's really rough to get somebody to come out and take care of the things that you can't take care of because by the way, you went to college, right? So it's hard. And, and it's also, to, to, you know, we, we say that sort of um, university isn't always the solution for some kids. Um, and I do question that, you know, I, I've seen many sort of situations where it's sort of kids come out and they graduate and what they have as this piece of paper and this experience and the, and the learning isn't actually relevant to what they want to do now. But not only that, and it just broke my heart the other day, I was listening to, uh, speaking to sort of um, one young boy and he sort of just said, yeah, a couple of years ago I graduated and I came out with £44,000 worth of debt. And it's like, right. oh my word. So it really, it's not always the solution that, that you know, is right for our kids, is it really? Yeah. And that's why it's important to understand those values of success, Right. If a value of success for someone is to not be in debt and going to university or college requires them to be in debt, they may not feel successful when they graduate. And it's also another thing to think about the kind of career that you're going to college or university for, will that actually pay off your student loans in a reasonable amount of time yeah. to make it worth the investment, right? As adults, we don't invest willy-nilly with our money. We're very careful about how and where we invest it. A college education is an investment. It doesn't mean it's a sound investment. You yes. have to really analyze, is this the right investment to make? And that's one of the greatest gifts we can give our kids during this time is let's really take a look at the numbers. Is this a sound investment for you? Does this really line up with what you want to do? And how long will it take you to pay off these particular student loans? And even as parents, if we were thinking of paying for our children's education and saved up money or whatever, Still, is that a good place to invest that money? Is that child ready to go? Do, are they ready to own this? Are they ready to continue and do well at it and exceed what their expectations are to be able to be successful when they're done? Is it a good investment? And we tend to feel like, well, always it's a good investment to invest in my kids, right? Yeah. You know, not necessarily, not in that way. They may be better off using that money on a trade school or on rent while they get a, you know apprenticeship than they would at a university. So it's not necessarily it's a bad investment to invest in your kids. It's in that particular way. Is that the best benefit or the best way to invest? Okay. So what do we do as parents who's, you know, we've asked our kids, you know, what could you do? What would you like to do? Where do you want to head? What, you know, what do we, how do we as parents support our children, our young people, who feel as though they've missed the boat, who feel as though they're just walking in treacle at the minute because they just, they, they can't work out what the right decision is for them, you know, or maybe, you know, maybe they do, you know, there's, there's so much up in the air. And I think mm -hmm. the thing is, is that as parents, it can be demoralizing for us. So how do we, how do we support our kids and, and, I was going to say push them forward, but you know what I mean? Right. Nudge them in the right direction. Right. Help them own that. So they want to step forward is a, yeah. is a good way to, to look at that. And there's a couple ways. One, you have to assess the relationship you have with your teenager. By definition, teens do not want to listen to their parents. They have <laughs> a really hard time wanting to listen to us. So who else in your world 
can you maybe have your team partner with to get some information, to get some wisdom, to get some perspective other than yours, right? That's what I do for a lot of my clients is I'm that other voice, that other perspective, but you don't need me. You need any other adult in your world that that particular teenager can trust. It might be someone, you know, member of your church. It might be a member of their school, a teacher they really, really liked and felt, you know, connected with a family member. It could be somebody also in the industry that they want to step into. Maybe there's a mentorship that needs to be developed where you as a parent say, hey, I know you're a lawyer. My son wants to be a lawyer, but he can't get into school this year. Can he maybe come intern with you for just a little while and see where that goes? Sometimes it takes that little back end thing. But I do suggest not doing that first without talking with your teen and asking them to really be certain what areas are you really interested in and then helping them kind of figure out how to step into that. And it may mean that we make a phone call. It may mean that we arrange an email or something. You know, we may need to help them get over that anxiety and that fear, but it's, it's about helping them not stay where they are and holding them accountable to moving forward, which we as parents have a hard time doing when we think our students are at a disadvantage. We don't want our kids to be in so much pain, so we'll just take care of it for you. Well, that's not gonna help them develop the resilience and the grit that they're gonna need for that career. So give them, discuss with them the ideas, help them map map out their action steps to move forward, and then say, okay, when are you gonna get this done by? And have them agree to a date and then walk away, walk away. And I think that- I think the thing is, is, is that appreciating that a lot of these decisions that are being made um, can, you know, don't, they can be reversed, funnily enough, or they're not always bad decisions. I think, I think once you've made the decision, it's, it's worth committing to it. Um, my daughter, after her, her sort of in between, sort of, she, she took a gap year. So after her A-level results, you know, she, they came through and she, was, she said, right, I'm, I need to go and intern. And she literally had a three, she was thrilled. She came in with a three month internship. So that was brilliant. I came in after, I think, I kid you you not, one day and she said, oh my God, I don't want to do this. Absolutely. I've just realized this is an appalling mistake. Can you speak to so-and-so and get me out of it? And it was, no love. You've signed up for three whole months of this. Uh, but uh, And I think the thing is, is none of this experience is wasted. She she very, very quickly realized, uh-uh, this isn't a career path that I want to go down. But it gave, gave her so many different skills and it allowed her to realize that, do you know what? You can commit to something, but it's not final. It's no, you know, we still we still have that ability to move on. So if there are kids out there sort of worried that, oh, well, you know, I've I've made a decision and now I'm going to have to stick with it forever. That's not the way it works, is it? No, it's not. It really isn't. That's such a great example of your daughter that, you know, you step into something, you follow through with your commitment and then you find the silver lining in it, even if it wasn't exactly what you thought. You find what you can use from it and you take that into the next step. And often we can't even tell what that next step is until we step first where we are right? Until we address where we are, what's the first step we want to take? We don't have to have every step mapped out between now and the time we, you know, hit the grave. We don't need to have that because it's impossible. You cannot. So we help our teens go, okay, wait, we thought we're going to be here. That's not working right now. So what can we do now? What's our next step to get us there? Yeah. I think, I I don't know whether or not that the the idea has sort of gone, but when I sort of said, what do we do as parents? You said, Mm -hmm. we do two things. First of all, we look at the relationship. Can you remember what you were going to say as the second? Yeah. 
Yeah. The second thing is once we've assessed that relationship to make sure that our team can really pay attention to us is to structure some conversations. And what I mean by that is if we kind of step into our team and say, okay, so we can't do this now. What do you want to do? They're going to look at us like deer in a headlight and have no clue what to yeah, totally. They just don't. And if we were honest, if the tables were reversed, so would we, we wouldn't know what to do. No, but we don't think like that. We don't tend to look at our teenagers as adults that need some space to think. So it's about setting up. Okay. So in about a week, I would like to take you on a date. We're going to go somewhere and, you know, do something. Maybe it's fishing. Maybe it's kayaking. Maybe it's, you know, going out to dinner, whatever your teen likes to do. And I want to talk with you about this then. Is that enough time for you to kind of process through some of this and kind of come up with some ideas about, for example, what success means to you or what ideas you might have about what you want to do this particular year? Those are good things to do is to, is to set those conversations up in structured ways, not just come at them in the middle of the day when they're sitting there playing video games or whatever they're doing. And go, by the way, what are you going to do with your life? Yeah. <laughs> you got to give them a frame of mind, right? So that's the other part is to set up some structure with them. It can be that you say, okay, the first two months of this, we're just going to talk. We're not going to make any decisions. We're just going to process through some ideas. We're going to kind of explore our options. We're going to look around and see what's there. Then after that, then we'll start looking at that and saying we might make some decisions, get some things going, maybe start some new things. It's okay to give some time to that. And it can even be okay to say our end goal is still maybe university in next fall. So let's just talk about how we can use this year the best to our ability between now and then. And that just helps when you can get those structures and then give them a time period of when to prepare on their own for it. Yeah, and then yeah. when you're going to come back and talk to them about it. And I think the wonderful thing about that is it's suddenly when when our kids have been sort of thrown in at the deep end, you know, the results have come out and, you know, maybe that they've had to sort of adjust their sales that we've taken by, by just even saying that you've taken all the urgency out of stuff. And so mm -hmm. you've taken all the pressure off mm -hmm. and, you know, allowing our kids to realize, you know, here's a bump in the road. Here's a hiccup. Here's a change of course. But actually you don't have to jump on the next thing immediately. We need to have the space to just investigate, don't we? We do. And if we think through it, even from the terms of ourselves as parents, we don't like being forced to make a decision. We don't like that pressure of having to react right that second. And so often we second guess that afterwards because we didn't have the time to process. So how can we help our children not have to second guess themselves by taking the time now to just be intentional about processing through this in a way that's healthy for them, that leads them where they want to go, even if they can't identify it right now. Because in reality, 12 months of time in the span of a life isn't is really nothing. No. But how we use it can impact a lot. Yeah. And so we use it by keeping that pressure on and keeping that fear on and keeping that you have to have to have to on. We're not really using it to the best that we could. Yeah. So we've spoken a lot about the sort of students, the, the college students. What about those kids who are still at school? Um, and there, I'm sort of looking at sort of two groups sort of in particular um, and whether or not we take the same approach, I don't know. But we've got those kids that are coming up to their final year at school. And mm -hmm. so they're sort of going, Flip, I don't want to go through all this next year. But we've also got kids, and there's a lot, a lot of this going on in the UK where kids have moved from primary school to secondary school. And because of the system, um, it's, it, it's a bit muddled at the minute. 
they mm -hmm. haven't got to their school of choice. And mm -hmm. so some kids are sort of, you know, having to sort of travel a bit or they're, you know, they're, they're not going where their friends are going. What do we do when our kids, you know, when, when they have their own disappointments, when they, they have their own curveballs and, and these hiccups, how do we support them? Yeah, I think that the same kinds of conversations apply. It's to help them recognize, okay, so this is what we have. How do you want to make the best of this? Okay. And ask them that question. And say, why can't we play friends? Okay, so what can you do instead? Is helping them to stop looking at the complaints. And that's not that they're horrible complaints or unreasonable complaints. They're there, but we have a choice. We can either focus on the complaints or we can focus on the opportunity. And as parents, we can help our teens focus on the opportunity. That does not diminish anything else, but it does, it does kind of broaden the perspective of what they can have. So you didn't get to go to the school that you wanted to, or your friends aren't there. Okay, what about this school can we find that can really help you? Either as a social person, maybe there's new friends to meet and so on, or for the potential careers that you're thinking of. What does this school offer that you might get to be involved in that would help you determine whether or not you want this particular career. So for example, someone who wants to be in journalism might still join the newspaper at the school if there is one or work on that. And it gives them a chance to meet people, gives them a chance to learn a skill and then decide if that's what they want. They're going to kick and scream. They're going to be upset. They're going to be depressed still. It's not up to us as parents to fix that. It's just up to us, the parents to say, you don't get to stay here. You've got to find something to step into wherever you're at to try and build some a positive experience for yourself. And I think that's the thing is it's, it's it's teaching our kids the uh, how to problem solve it's teaching them how to you know I I still call it sort of you know developing their critical thinking is trying mm -hmm. to look slightly outside the box and to try and it is it's focus on opportunities rather than beating their chest and feeling sorry for themselves. Yep. For sure. And the same goes for the older classmen that are getting ready to look out and go wait, I don't want to deal with all this. Well, we can keep reiterating, oh my gosh, this is so awful. This is so hard. I know it's such a hard place. We can keep stirring that pot or we can move over to the other side and say, okay, so what would you like to do instead? What else would it look like? What else is there out there for you? And they probably have no idea because no one's ever helped them take the time to do that because why? Everybody else is doing this one route. Why yes. would we not follow that route? And so this can be a great time for you as a parent and your teen to explore new things together, which can really help create a whole night new dynamic to your relationship. When, you know, if you don't know about the other opportunities, start looking around, help your teen look around, ask around, do Google searches or whatever else you, you use to, to just get some information. And that can help turn the whole trajectory of what you're doing around. I think it's important for our kids and it's probably what we were touching on earlier is to realize that actually school and education is a massive part for them at the minute but grades aren't everything and and that the, the education that they are receiving at school isn't everything and so if we can give them more opportunities outside of school or more opportunities as you say the school newspaper or something something you know so I, I guess we you know if I could call them extracurricular but it's just trying to sort of broaden their horizons a bit isn't it it is and if you most of us have learned that all of those things are meant to make your college or university application look better, right? You do all of these things so that you can get a better look when you apply to colleges. I think that's the wrong perspective to have. 
because it oversteps all the skill and experience that that teen gets to have. And what if it doesn't work out for college? Okay, there's still skills that, that they've learned. There's still experience that they have that is hugely beneficial. And that's what high school should be about. What are you developing in terms of experience or knowledge or any kind of learning of something new that might have something to do with something else later? You know, why is it only about all of these main just core subjects to get the right grades so you can get into college? Well, let's explore what else your, college, your high school offers. What else is out there? And if high school doesn't have everything you want, how can you minimize your time there so you can do something else outside of school that maybe benefits you more? And I think, yeah, and, and it, it's giving them, I mean, I, I talk to, to the clients that I have um, about their sort of passion projects and, and it mm-hmm. doesn't really matter what it is, does it? It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's writing in the school sort of newspaper or even creating and starting a school newspaper, or it could right. be sort of, I don't know, recycling and, and, and sort of setting up something in your sort of own community. It's just giving the teens a, a different perspective and something other than um, the stipulations uh, and, and the restrictions they have on the grades and what they need to achieve. Absolutely. And as parents, we have the unique opportunity to be that kid's champion in whatever it is they think they might want to try when no one else might be their champion at that point. Like you said, if someone wants to start a school newspaper, there's a lot of steps to go through that. And there's going to be a lot of waiting, a lot of what if, a lot of getting this and that. Well, at the back end, we get to be that parent that says, hey, if this is really important to you, I'm going to help you do this. We'll figure it out. If your school doesn't let you do it, you can do one outside of school. You don't have to do one in the school. What else could we do? What else can we do to champion our kids as they're trying to experience and explore all different kinds of things? And are we giving them that opportunity and the permission to explore? Right? That's the hard part. We tend to think, no, you have to have these particular kinds of classes or you have to use your time this particular way so that you can get to this end. Well, if that end is not certain anymore, if that end may not even be the end that they want, that means we can change everything about what we're doing now. And that's terrifying and freeing all at the same time. I was going to say, how liberating is that? How wonderful to to, to give our kids the permission not to do it the way it's always been done, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, because so often, you know, we, 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 our, our kids, all they want to do is fit in. They want to fly under the radar, you know, sort of that, that huge generalization there again, but it's, it's they want to fit in. They want to be part of a crowd. They want to sort of, they don't want to draw attention to themselves in a sort of a, a silly way, but we are, needing and, and I think the world needs people to be able to stand out a flip that's what we try and do is blimmin adults isn't it it's exactly. to try and grow above the noise and sort of do me here and and if we can teach our kids at a younger age how wonderful that is to be unique and to, to own their own values own their own sort of you, you know sort of idiosyncrasies whatever how, how wonderful that equips them to be able to stand out much more quickly I agree. You know, we're, we're in an age where discussing mental health is, is such a freeing opportunity to do now, right? You don't have to hide if you're stressed or anxious or having difficulties with assessing, you know, how you think. Those are all out there now. Like, it's okay. Let's, let's explore that. But that also gives us permission to say, well, that means all of me gets to be okay. Yes. It's not just about it's okay that I have depression I'm dealing with or I'm okay that I have anxiety and I'm dealing with it. It's okay that I'm who I am. And I need to own that first for myself 
And as parents, we get to help our kids own that. And if we can't be our own kids champion and give them that safety net, then we're really doing a disservice to them. And that's a hard place as a parent when our kids want to own something about themselves that we not, may not be comfortable with, that we may not know how we feel about, but it's not up to us to live their life or make them live their life our way. It's up to us to help them live their life their way and love them through it. And I think that's the thing, isn't it, is the fact that as parents, we can see by standing out, sometimes you're taking the more difficult route. And that is quite tricky for parents to sort of allow their children to walk down a path that they know that's going to be slightly harder. Yeah, it is. We want our, we we don't want negativity or hard times for our kids. No parent wants that. No parent wishes that on anybody else's kids either. Right. But if we really are honest and take the time to look back at our own lives, the best growth, the best developments of our character the best parts of us came out from that refinement of going through that struggle. And not that we would ever wish those struggles on our kids, not that we'd ever want to make them go through a struggle just for that sake. We have to be honest and say, oh, that struggle really led me to where I am today. And that can be the best gift we give our kids is to give them an opportunity to struggle and learn how to manage it and love them while they go through that. And come out stronger Mm -hmm. because of it. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. more confident knowing that once they have come out the other side, that actually it is totally okay to be yourself. Right. And so if you look at that whole perspective of what we're talking about, this, this maybe not year or whatever might not happen, this can be that season for your teen that says, okay, life didn't turn out the way you wanted. How are we going to work through this a different way? And how are you as a parent going to love your child as they explore what that can be like? Because they're not going to have it figured out. They're going to decide they want to throw off everything and go do, you know, join the circus. I don't know. They're going to try all these things and we're going to go, what are you thinking? But if we have to let them explore, because as like your daughter, as they explore and figure it out for themselves, then they learn. No one can teach them those things. We can't tell them those things. We want to, but they they can't learn from us like that. They have to learn from doing. And that's what we can help them do this year. And show we're the parents anyway. So what do we know? So it, I think you're quite <laughs> you're quite right. It is just a matter of, I guess, letting our kids own their own decisions and and being comfortable to walk with them as they do that. Yeah, and and not believe it's our mm, not believe it's our parenting that dictates one or the other. Like we're not a good parent because they chose choices that we think were good or a bad parent because they chose choices we thought were bad. That has nothing to do with our parenting. Our parenting comes down to, do we love our child? That's really it. And that whatever decisions they make as a result of that are their decisions, not ours. And that's a hard one for many parents to grab, isn't it? Is Mm -hmm. not putting our own worth on our children's decisions. Yes, it is very hard, (laughs) very hard. Oh, my stars. Good point to end. Stephanie, thank you so much indeed. I, I know that you have sort of given many of, of our listeners that little glimpse of hope and realizing that decisions don't have to be made all by the end of next week. Because nice. that's, that's a big ask, isn't it? So it sure is. thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I very much appreciate your time. And I know that many people will love what you've just said. So I hope thank you so thank much. Thank you for having me. Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you.
Thank you. And I'll, I'll speak soon. All right. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.